Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. to another fun and games Friday here at, here in the city. Welcome everybody to the Sac City podcast. I'm your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by Mr. Lean back himself, Aaron the Mukes, I am Mukes, just straight up chilling over there. Probably still commenting with with Bengals fans on YouTube. That's probably what you're doing right now. Uh, but you are the Mukes, I am Aaron Mukes. And below us we have your boy Okay. AJ <laughs> Johnson. I, I, I was like, not who I was. <laughs> no, I didn't. I was trying to think. I, I like, you know, I was like, I was like, you know, everyone's been getting new nicknames lately. I haven't really given AJ wow. a new nickname in, in quite wow. some time. And I try to, I try to come up with one, but I really didn't. And then it was just that, that awkward long pause that didn't work. So <laughs> uh, you're still your boy today. Maybe I'll come up with a new one later on, but uh, what's up gentlemen. It's beautiful. April 8th evening here in the city. Episode 16 of fun and games Friday. We are going to continue our draft coverage this evening but first gentlemen aaron how goes it i'm good man i'm uh I was running around all day today so a little bit busy but i'm ready i wore my uh kansas state aka franklin wildcats uh hat for you know to represent the college atmosphere we're getting into as we approach the draft it's draft coverage all month as people know and nobody gives you better draft coverage than right here in sac city so you mentioned um Bengals fans, and I'm going to say this again and again and again. Um, I love the energy that Bengals fans keep giving us, uh, commenting on the videos with their outlandish, you know, takes about the wonderful Eli Apple. I actually have a, a very, very special um, – I think I'm going to debut it on the draft, on, on draft day. I have a very special thing that I'm going to do for Bengals fans this year. And, um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be trolling them all year because I'm telling you right now, don't let them have a bad season. Don't, oh, don't let them you will never you will never hear the end of it uh don't let them have a bad season and don't let eli apple have a bad season because i'm coming so um but yeah Bengals fans have been coming at me i've been going back at them but it's all in fun it's all love at the end and uh you know people just root for their teams and it's good man i'm happy it's friday aj how you feeling buddy what he just said scares me because <laughs> because we know how i operate because I'm going to end up feeling like somebody has to put on for the Bengals and then it's going to be me. And because it's me, they probably will have a bad season. That's basically what happens. <laughs> when I go out on the limb for somebody who, you know, it's that it's that on the line type of year. We don't know what can happen. They normally shit the bed. <laughs> Carson Wentz. Um, so, you know, I'm just I'm just worried. And, and let's be honest, I didn't like think Carson Wentz was like amazing. I just thought he'd be better than 4.2, which I will never let go. Um, but. You know, I, I'm excited. I hope the Bengals do the right things they need to do in the draft and in the rest of free agency and in 
preseason to prepare themselves for another great season because he's right. They can't have a bad season the way they're talking right now and the way they looked last year with the little bit they had. So I will probably end up being that Bengals advocate, and I'm not just saying that for all our trolls. You guys know that's actually how I felt most of all last season. So it's it's less fun to say you're a big big time Bengals fan because that that doesn't really uh, that doesn't really hurt your feelings as much as as the others. So we'll have to figure something out. Um, yeah, no, it's been it's been really fun going uh, watching Aaron go back and forth with with all the 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 YouTube critics out there. Uh, if you have not seen it, please head on over and interact with us on our YouTube page at Sac City Pod. We have all of our nicely clipped videos right there, perfectly there for you to comment and either hate on us or praise us. It'll be nice to see some some of y'all showing out saying that we're doing a good job out there. And not yeah. saying that we need to subscribe to P. Literally, we got we got called casuals today. Like we got called casuals, basically. So, I'm a casual so fan, guys. Yeah. I only rewatch. Yeah. I only rewatch damn near every NFL football game multiple times throughout the season, and uh, I'm a yeah. casual. You're right. Yeah. So, right. so 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 that that's a thing. Uh, but it is Friday. It is a fun and games Friday, and it would not be an FGF here in the city if we did not go with the best thing in sports this week, AJ. Start off with you, buddy. What was the best thing in sports this week? Well, ladies and gentlemen, as you should know by now, I am the resident basketball fan. And as the season is coming to an end, I would have to be nuts to not talk about a wonderful, fantastic rookie that has stepped on the scene. And our guy Bailey in the chat knows exactly what I'm talking about. Houston Rockets guard Jalen Green has been going off. Five-game streak, 30 straight points five straight games 30 points he is now he is now the he's joined jordan who's done it four times and alan iverson who's done it six times and since march 1st he's averaging i think it's 27 points on 48 percent shooting from the field 77 percent shooting from the line it's been a great thing to watch this guy has so much offensive talent uh the confidence the swagger losing james harden to get a guy like this who can come in and embody everything that houston stands for is has been fantastic a reporter asked him the other night, you know, it's been a long rookie season. What do you think you've learned about yourself in this year's campaign? That man looked right in the camera and responded, I learned that I'm a bucket, and he ain't lying. One of the most lethal step-back three-pointers I've ever seen. This guy's going to be really good, and if they put the right Whoa. pieces around him in like five, six years, he'll be great. Whoa. He'll be great. One wow. of the most lethal step-back threes Whoa. I've ever seen. That's wow. high praise. Not, not number one, but I'm telling you that that step back's different. That step back is different. I have many highlights on my reel. If you guys would ever want to watch them, you can look. And Jalen Green just steps back from from deep, man. Like you don't need to step back from as deep as you're already shooting, and he still does it, and it's still pretty. It's. it's I mean, it's but the way walk. you said it. It's just, I mean, when I just think of guys like Steph and Damian Lillard and James Harden and Trey Young and KD, and I'm just like, man, when you say one of the best step backs ever, that's uh, that's bold. That's bold. Bold move. (laughs) (laughs) Bold move. Aaron, what about you? What was the best thing in sports this week? Uh, This one was easy for me. I, I don't know how many people are paying attention to this, but I mean, the golf world is buzzing right now over Tiger Woods. That's right. Tiger Woods returns. It's the year of the Tiger, right? Chinese New Year, year of the Tiger. He comes back out to the Masters. In over 14 months ago, he was in a horrific car accident. Some said he may never walk again. And instead, here we are 14 months later, and he shoots one under in his first round uh, at the Masters, which is a tournament that he's done you know, so many great things at. Five-time Masters champ. 
uh, it was just fun to watch. I watched the entire first round yesterday as I was preparing for the show and researching and clipping and just watching the the crowd interact and how much fun he was having on the course. Um, having Tiger Woods in golf is a game changer. Golf is not the same without Tiger Woods. And I know there's some good young talent and he's not where he once was, but watching him play. And then today struggling early again, I watched basically the entire round. He struggled early and then he got hot and he kind of settled down and he's, he's sitting one over and he's about eight, eight or nine shots back, but he made the cut and he's heading into the weekend. And that itself, just him being on the course and being able to withstand uh, this tournament after what he went through, uh, you know, kudos to him and shout out to, to him for the hard work that he continues to show uh, to keep his body, you know, in shape. And I know people think golf is not hard um, physically, but I, I promise you, if you haven't golfed in, in a while, go out and golf 18 holes and tell me how you feel in the morning. Cause I guarantee your body will be sore. Now do yep. it four days straight. And you said you were like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know who, who has been following this or, or whatever you said in the beginning, there has been, like that's all I've been seeing in the sports world, uh, whether it's whether it's Pat McAfee or ESPN or I've, I've been scrolling through YouTube for the past few days, just trying to find things to watch. And it's all been all over it. So the tiger has taken over this week. Like that, that is, that has to be the number one thing in sports this week. Even AJ, you, you and Aaron went back and forth on who was going to pick this story because that's the story that that is the story of this week. It's no, been no, tiger no, no, Woods. No, we didn't go back and forth. AJ well, no, went, I just, put, it, put it out there and I said, that was mine. And I'm the golfer. I golf. So he let me have it. He's a golfer. Yeah. He's a golfer. I mean, but you, but you, you knew, just like you said, that's the thing of the week. Like I yep. honestly, I, I hadn't watched first take in a while. I've been, you know, busy in the mornings, can't really turn it on, but I turned it on the other day and that was a conversation. Uh, you know, I got to watch Tiger on the podium talking about the comeback and the fact that if he feels like he's up to it, he can play. But even the way he said it, you knew he was telling you right then and there, he was playing in this masters and, and he's right. It's a huge accomplishment. I mean, there's been so many times that we felt Tiger was done with the sport of golf. And after that accident, you thought even if he did come back, it wouldn't look so good. And honestly, I think he looks better than the last couple back surgeries and stuff that he had uh, coming into this one. And the scene just around his practice tees was epic. You can just you can feel the energy of Tiger Woods in golf from a picture. A Tiger Woods yep. picture is literally a picture saying a thousand words. So I, I definitely plan on tuning in Saturday and some of Sunday to see how he finishes. Even if it's not in the top or the podium, it's going to be a pleasure to watch. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'll have, a, I'll have my eyes on that uh, as well. My thing is we talked about how you're the golf guy and you went golf and you're the basketball guy and you went basketball. Well, I'm the hockey guy and I'm going to go hockey, but I just want to mention something before I do. I did see Bailey's comment, bringing up WrestleMania. That is a very close second to what I have as my number one, because WrestleMania was surprisingly good. I've been a very big WWE. Uh, I don't want to say hater, but I've been a very, I've been on the wrong side of the WWE train for a little bit now. And a lot of good things happened. Cody Rhodes returning stone cold happening, Pat McAfee happening. It's all great, but it wasn't as good as this. Austin Matthews and Chris Kreider are record breakers this week. Starting off with Chris Kreider, he broke the Rangers single season uh, power play goals record of 25, uh, once set by Yarmir Yager back in the mid 2000s. And then it was Austin Matthews' turn to break a huge record of the most goals in Toronto Maple Leafs uh, single season history, scoring his 55th and 56th goal uh, earlier this week. It was incredible to watch. And not to mention, you guys have heard me on this show many of times. 
I'm a big, a big hockey guy. I'm a big USA hockey guy. These two guys are both U.S. born guys. Austin Matthews, an Arizona boy. Uh, Chris Kreider, a Massachusetts kid. It is incredible to see two U.S. boys just tearing it up in this league. Kreider's on pace for 50. Uh, Austin Matthews is on pace to win the goal scoring award. It is so much fun to watch these two guys. They're going to be in the postseason. It's going to be even more fun to watch them then. Uh, it's just truly special to watch those two guys do what they do. You ever feel like Austin Matthews doesn't get enough credit? No. Yeah? No. I feel like I don't hear him spoken about as much. Goal scorers in the league. I don't I think he gets enough credit. Yeah, he's he he will always be overshadowed by Connor McDavid if that's what you're if that's the, the line we're going down because Connor McDavid is well, he's Connor McDavid. Uh he's the second coming of Jesus Christ. Uh but what whoa, Austin whoa, Matthews whoa, does whoa, he just wanted to play hockey. First of all, whoa, whoa. I thought that was me. <laughs> I thought that was oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> not according to Bengals fans. Not according to Bengals fans. Uh, yeah, shout out OG. Shout out OG Bengals fans. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. All right. That is the uh the best thing in sports. Let's head on over to the headlines before we start plugging the socials and getting to the main event. Some headlines uh this past day really all surrounds this man right here. It's Brandon Cooks signing a $39.6 million deal that keeps him in Houston. This deal is coming on the, the I guess you would say, the heels of them looking to trade him. And then all of a sudden they extend him for two years, giving him this $39 million extension. I think this is a very smart move on the Houston Texans part uh, because this locks up a guy who's going to be that consistent wide receiver in that room for whatever quarterback you have, whether it's Davis Mills, who AJ and I enjoy, or whether it's Davis Mills, the guy who Aaron doesn't enjoy. Uh, so it's, it, I think this is a great signing. What say you, Aaron? Um, I don't know. You know, we talked about rumors and I even, you know, has a little bit of inside information from Brandon Cooks, family. Um, he's out from out here in Stockton about how Brandon Cooks was looking to be moved elsewhere. Um, Houston came out and said that they never intended on trading Brandon Cooks and that they wanted to build around him. This deal is evident of that. He makes upwards of almost $20 million a year, uh, which once again proves he's better than Allen Robinson, like I said. And the fact of the matter is, is this is a guy that you want on your team. He constantly produces and he doesn't say anything year after year after year. He's a thousand yard receiver and he just does his job. Is he going to put up numbers like a Devonte Adams? No, but can he be the number one on your team? Absolutely. You just got to build some, put some pieces around him and help him build that organization. And he's the kind of high character guy that you want um, in your organization. And I think that's what Houston is going for. It's not about the flair and the, the glamor with Houston right now. It's about putting guys in positions that can build a strong foundation and actually have some high character uh, with an off the front office that hasn't been ran very well in the past. So um, good for Brandon cooks. I'm glad he got, he gets paid. He's locked up for another couple of seasons. And this is again, remember this is a guy who maybe a couple of years ago contemplated retirement because of concussion issues. And even with those concussion issues, he was still producing. So um, he's one of my favorite players to, to watch in the NFL. And, you know, he's got to play with some great quarterbacks and maybe now he can groom a young quarterback and turn him into a great one. Who knows? Yep. Yeah, I agree. Uh, AJ, what about you? What were your thoughts on this deal? What do we, what should we uh, know about Brandon cooks in this deal? I mean, loved it for the Texans, hated it for Brandon cooks. Um, yeah, he's that type of player that I, it's just so crazy to me, like watching him get traded from the saints, from the Patriots, from the Rams and end up in Houston of all places. It just doesn't feel right. I think he deserves better uh, than to basically spend his 
career at this point now on teams that are trying their best. You know, even when he was with teams like, well, not so much the Patriots, obviously, but even when he was with teams like the Rams at that point in time, they really didn't have it all together. So, um, but I mean, this is a guy who has a thousand yards and six out of eight of his seasons. He's a talented guy and it's good for, like you said, a young Davis Mills or whoever they may draft or whoever may come after him to have a go-to receiver. And he gets to be a number one and show what he's uh, capable of. Maybe he can be that receiver that'll turn back time and be able to find another place before his career is over and still have a legitimate chance at being a solid piece on a championship caliber team um, in the near future. This is only a two-year contract, so maybe he can get out of it next year and go join an actual contender. But for until then, Houston, congrats. You have a very solid receiver. One. I mean, I, th- I think he's, ha- I think he's happy. I think he's, I think he's content with the fact that it's not a team that's probably going to win now. I mean, if you look at his career, he's, he's been a part of two Super Bowl teams with the Rams and with the, the new England Patriots. Yes. They didn't come out on top, but he was a key part in those offenses and he was big on those teams. And I think he felt that, but I think now as you get older, I think he wants to be a mentor to young guys to be able to kind of say, look, we had an organization here that wasn't really anything. We didn't have any, we weren't winning. We weren't bringing up young studs and now he can maybe go get some weapons or help Houston bring in some of these young receivers and mold them into really good players. I, I honestly think this is a perfect fit for him i don't think he's the kind of guy that really needs to be um on a championship team right now because most of those championship teams are not going to pay him 20 million dollars a year because they're looking for those guys that are you know the Devonte adams of the world where they they're going to pay and then they're going to produce 16 1700 yard seasons and i don't think brandon cooks really fits that i i just really like the idea of him staying in Houston for a couple of seasons. He's only 28, so he will get a chance to maybe get paid again uh, on a one- or two-year deal in a couple of seasons. But I really like the idea of him coming here, maybe establishing himself as a veteran leadership kind of role model for these young receivers, and maybe turn one of them into a stud, and then he can leave as he gets older, find a championship contender again and say, hey, look, I did my job. I groomed this guy. So I I don't know. I I really like the Houston idea at this point. Yeah, this is it's a good move. It's a great move for the Houston Texans. The other story that came out uh, that Aaron, you you were getting a little like you made sure that this one was in in the dock today. It's Pete Carroll calling out the NFL owners. Uh, Schefter reported saying that he just went off in the GM's me in, in the GM's meeting. And this is something that Pete Carroll felt very strongly about. He was saying you can do anything, but until owners get to know these candidates before the actual interviews and understand that they have to hire people who are different than them, it's not going to really change. He went off in those GM's meetings, Aaron, what, what are your thoughts on what Pete Carroll uh, has done and has said here that really made you want this in here today? I applaud him. I applaud him because we see far too often that we, uh, and I'll say this as being a black man, we as black people always look to those black athletes and say, stand up, have a voice, speak out. But what we fail to do is also call on those, those white America, those people to stand out, all the white coaches in the league who coach black players, who have great relationships with black players to stand out and say, Hey, we need, we need a change. Our league, is 70% black. So putting people in power that are black, that have common goals that can relate to these players, it makes sense. And that goes all the way up the pipeline. So for him, for the oldest coach in the NFL, the oldest, right? So Pete Carroll has lived through 
a lot and seen a lot in this world. The oldest coach in the NFL to stand up to, to owners who are just as old as him, maybe a little bit older and say, hey, you guys need to wake up and and see what's going on in this world and nothing's going to change until you're willing to change. Um, it might not change anything, and I'm not saying it's going to, but for him to speak up about it, it speaks volumes to, to where we're getting in society. And I know it's a slow process and people hate that it takes forever, but it goes to show you that more and more people year after year are becoming more comfortable with speaking their truth and standing up and not feeling like they can't do it because it goes against the grain. And I just wanted to applaud him for that because this is a conversation that's not going away. Um, you know, we got the lawsuits going on, which I honestly don't necessarily agree with all of what, what the, the black head coaches are doing. I, I more so want the conversation to start and to put these, these owners in uncomfortable situations or now you have to look at a Pete Carroll, who's a Super Bowl champion, one of the most revered coaches in the NFL right now. He's well-respected. And now you have to say, do we do we now put him on an island? Are we upset at him? And some people say people are upset at him, but it puts them in an uncomfortable situation. And I want that pressure to be on the owners because it forces them to really think about things before they actually do it. AJ? Now, I mean, not much to, to tack on. He's absolutely right. It, it's a good step that we are having a, a white coach step out and speak. Um, and, you know, I think the next step is to do things like Bruce Arians did. After you speak, show it. Hire yourself, yourself, hire black assistant coaches. Put them in the position to be the next guy. And as a matter of fact, Pete Carroll, as we said, oldest coach in NFL, uh, he's not going to be there forever. Have a guy ready to go and you name them as your successor, at least as much as you can with the owner's blessing. And hopefully that they would see the same way that you as a coach sees it. So I think that's the next step is to speak with your actions. It's good that he's speaking out now and hopefully multiple, uh, multiple more coaches will follow. Agreed. Agreed. All right. That does it for our news from the NFL this past week. Uh, I want to jump into a comment here real quick, uh, just before we do the plugs and everything. Shout out. We, we always love uh, all the new viewers that we get on YouTube during our live shows. If you're listening to this on our podcasting platforms, please join us uh, or try to join us uh, at 8 Eastern time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, uh, or Belly Up Sports TV on Roku uh, for uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Shout out Jeremy here in the chat. He asks, are you guys in lockstep with me? I feel the deepest position in this draft are linebackers and wide receivers Aaron I will send this question your way are you in agreeing uh, an agreement with Jeremy here to a sense linebackers if you're including edge rushers um, it's an edge rusher wide receiver draft for sure uh, pass rush go and make plays on the outside of wide receiver position definitely two of the deepest positions um, there are some holes at some of the other key spots that people like we obviously mentioned the quarterback spot and there's no real top guys up there um, but yeah I feel I feel he's right on point there with the deepest positions being linebacker slash edge rusher and wide receiver yep. AJ and we're going to talk about some edge rushers today that we are that we are AJ are you on board with that yeah, the edge rushers uh, definitely play the role that he's speaking of with being a deeper draft. Uh, when it comes to linebackers, you can think about some guys who we expect to be better than their draft position, which is why you feel it's deep. Like you mentioned, Damone Clark from LSU. He's slotted to go in the fourth round due to injuries and things of that nature. There's some guys down there below a Chad Muma, things of that nature, that we expect to be better than where they're going to be drafted. So in that sense, you think of it being deep. But there's a lot of guys that may go before him that I don't feel are as talented or, or or will be as good when it comes time to show it in the NFL. 
receivers absolutely yep yep all right aj the music Here. jumped in i was confused i was like what happened it, it's time <laughs> we vibe, it's time we vibe and tell the beautiful people where they can follow us at before we get into the main event ladies gentlemen facebook instagram twitter youtube tiktok what do they all have in common well that's where you go to find sex city pod and do it now go ahead open up another tab on another screen and find Sac City Pod at every single one of these social media platforms. Hit that subscribe button, then hit that like or that heart, but absolutely hit that share and subscribe. Ain't no reason not to. And then tell somebody all about us because your boys at Sac City will be here every single step of the way for the NFL draft coverage leading all the way up to and through the NFL draft. You don't want to miss none of it. Be right here at Sac City Pod. Your boys are back in town. Close enough. Uh, I just want to note something, Aaron. I put out two TikToks today, and both of them have surpassed my Tyreek Hill video uh, from a few weeks ago. So I'm happy. You gotta get, you gotta get over that, bro. I will. Ne- that is my standard now. I have to get past nine views for every TikTok video I have now. That's like that's my baseline right there. I cannot embarrass myself again. Uh, but yeah, like AJ said, uh, head on over to all of our social media platforms. And if you have not been over to our social media platforms, you probably didn't see our first mock draft Thursday, our top 10 that we released that AJ put together. I want to bring it up right here. Aiden Hutchinson, number one to the Jaguars. Kayvon Thibodeau at number two, going to the Lions. Kyle Hamilton follows him. Ahmad Gardner there. And then uh, our boy, I wh- how do you pronounce it? How, you, how, you, how are we pronouncing it? Ikem Ikwanu? Ikem Ikwanu. Got it. Boom. Done deal. Yeah, he doesn't have a possession on a position. On he there, didn't. He okay. didn't have a position on there, which I, I'm, I'm wondering how that didn't get transferred over. But I digress. He's so good. Um, he can do it all. <laughs> yeah, he can. He's everywhere. He actually plays offense and defense. It's just a multi-position okay. player. Um, but the, the, the reason why I brought that up, and if you haven't checked it out, go check it out on our uh, Instagram, Twitter and our Facebook page. AJ, you have Kayvon Thibodeau at number two. And uh, when I released the graphic, we had the little quote that you had on there. I just want to hear it from you on this show, why you are not buying into the the hype saying that Thibodeau is falling. Because I've seen that man get the Micah Parsons treatment and fall out of the top 10. Is this a, is this a uh, situation where you think he might be like Micah Parsons and he's that good and shouldn't be falling out of the top 10? In a, in a sense, um, I mean, we're talking about a guy who was projected the number one overall pick last season. You know, Aiden Hutchinson came in, did, had a great year, and then had had his head coach go to bat for him. When you look at Kayvon Thibodeau, and we'll talk a little bit more about him on this top 10, I'm sure, you know, his first step is crazy. He's super quick, and he's about that violence in the right way. Uh, I just think that when you think about a guy like a Trayvon Walker, who's slated to be a little higher than him, and some of the other edge rushers, I think you're taking more of a chance. And I feel like where the Detroit Lions are going to go, knowing that they need an edge rusher, they may want to go with the pick that they have been seeing and hearing has been great for over two years uh, and is a slightly safer pick. And honestly, I believe that when it's all said and done, three, four, five years down the road, he'll be a better uh, edge rusher than these other top three guys uh, slated at the position. Um, So that's my personal feeling on Kayvon Thibodeau. And some of the other things, you know, kind of just wanted to be different. And you know just as well as me, once you start on a mock draft and you put one player somewhere else, it throws every other thing you want to do on a different tailspin. So uh, that was that one was a little fun top 10. And I've been messing around with what's going to come on my mock at the end of this week. 
I, I, I love the, this is the, one of the best time of the years with mock draft season. Uh, I just want to pull it up one more time and Aaron gets your thoughts here. First of all, I did not spell Kayvon Thibodeau's name wrong. And I did fix the fact that he did not, he did not have a position. Uh, Aaron, what were your thoughts on this, on this mock? Is there any player that stands out that you want to bring up or good to move on? Um, you know, I don't want to get too much into the mock draft. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's a decent mock draft. I love how he put Derek Stingley at nine. Like I told him to do after <laughs> Wednesday's show. Um, there, there's a couple of things that I definitely would change there. And I'm gonna be honest, we're going to talk about it today. And one of them is Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, I do not think there's a chance that Detroit takes him at two. And, um, you know, when we get into our rankings for our top 10 um, edge rushers, and I'll, I'll explain why, but uh, for the most part, I, I thought he slotted everything really well. I also, again, the, the mock draft doesn't really have any movement there, whereas teams are trading back. I have uh, at least two contending teams um, that I think possibly trade into the top 10 there. Um, and, you know, with the Giants moving back out of one of those. So, um, but I thought overall it was, it was pretty late, laid out pretty well. I really like yeah. the Kyle Hamilton to to the Texans. Um, Kyle Hamilton ha actually has a chance uh, to go higher, even to at number two. But we'll see if Detroit yeah. decides to move there or not. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we could we could see a lot of movement. We could see no movement at all. We will have to just wait and see. But so that was AJ's mock draft top 10 this past Thursday. Dylan will get his chance next Thursday. And then the following week is my turn. And then the following week is draft week. And that is a special time for everyone here. We're doing something so different this year for the entire draft week. Aaron will be doing a rounds one through seven full mock draft that he'll release all throughout draft week. It's going to be so special to see. You're not going to want to miss it to be on the show. You're not going to want to miss it on our social media. You're going to have to tune in. Let's get into it, though. We talked about Kayvon Thibodeau. The theme for tonight is edge rushers. We are going to be breaking down the top 10 edge rushers in this draft. But we're doing this a fun and games Friday theme. Normally, we used to do top 10 lists on Thursdays, and it, it didn't. it's different than what it is right now. We're doing it a fun and games Friday theme. Aaron, you've created your top 10 list. AJ, you've created your top 10 list. I have not created my top 10 list because I will be the judge to determine how this list goes. If there's any differences, I can't wait to hear you guys argue it out. And that's how we will determine this top 10 edge rushers uh, in the uh, NFL draft. Uh, goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Let's get down to it. The way we do it here, if you're new to the show, we will break it down starting from 10 and go all the way down to one. Both gentlemen will get a chance to uh, represent their player, their client for AJ's case because he is Fonzo and Fonzo LLC. Uh, and then I will mm -hmm. decide. So AJ, you will get the first crack at this. Who is at number 10 for you in the edge rushers? For number 10, I decided to go with a guy by the name of Cameron Thomas. Uh, comes from San Diego State University. Uh, and he is quite solid. Why don't we see? Why don't we see? 
We can't. Cool. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I told you. I, oh, I no, know, you didn't. I, I said those that. two. Yeah, I, said, I told you those two. It's just, it's just those two. I guess. Okay. I, I didn't get a chance to actually look at who was over there, but that's funny. Uh, it's okay. Uh, I understand. Uh, so uh, Cameron Thomas, uh, he's one of those guys down at lower. He's probably going to go like late second round again. This is a deep edge rushing class. Uh, he may even slide into the third round, but this is a guy who can develop quite well. Uh, had four plus pressures in 13 of 14 games in 2022 uh, of 2021. Um, one of those fast twitchy type guys who can get off the edge really quick with a good first step. Uh, he's got some development to do. He doesn't win on inside moves and that's going to help. That's not going to help you very much in the NFL, but those linemen who are big and you need to get through for those running lanes. But uh, I, I think this guy has a good chance to be pretty decent. May need, may need a couple weeks to really get his feet under him. I don't know if he's a day one starter, but I think by the end of the season, you see him logging some snaps and developing and improving throughout the year. I like it. like it. Okay. Aaron, what about 10. you? We, yeah, we, can move, we, we can move through this part pretty quickly because also at number 10, I too have Mr. Cameron Thomas. Same, same oh. thing here. San Diego State. Um, he's got a nice frame on him, but he's definitely kind of raw. So you're looking at a guy who wasn't very good against the run. He gets moved off of his spots a lot. Didn't play in a, a conference where you're excited about the offensive linemen that are blocking him, right? So, you know, with his 11 and a half sacks last year, it's not a guy that you're like, man, that's 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 showing out because the offensive linemen he's going against aren't as good as somebody that's going in the SEC or something like that. Um, he had 20 and a half tackles for loss, but he does have the ability to kind of grow. I think there's some room for improvement there. I think if he gets in the right system, the right scheme, maybe you can see him become a contributor midway through the season. He's really good with his hands. Um, yeah. You know, I felt like again, being a deep defensive end and pass rushing class, you get a guy second, third, fourth round Remember, five of these guys might go in the first round. So five or six of these might go early. Um, you get a guy late who's, who's polished. He's a three-year starter. Um, and you just try to build from there. So I, I really like him at number 10. And I think if he gets on a team, especially that already has depth there, then he can kind of learn behind somebody, fill in when needed, maybe just come in during pass rushing and third down situations and get after the quarterback where he, where it's playing to his strengths. Okay. So Cameron, that makes my job easy. He's Cameron Thomas in at <laughs> number 10. That, that, that's super easy. Let's go to number nine. Uh, AJ, you can, you can kick this off. Number nine. Who do you have? Uh, I have a guy some people may have heard of, some people may not have. I think he is going to be a steal wherever he gets picked up. Uh, his name is Arnold Ebiquete out of Penn State. Arnold Ebiquete. This man go, went to Penn State following in the Micah Parsons lifestyle, of course, off the edge instead, though. Very powerful guy and very technically sound. Everything he does has a plan. He has things behind it to know what his idea is, what he's looking to get done, and he's efficient with it. Uh, consistently, consistently able to get around the edge. Uh, what was it? I think he had, was it like nine sacks last year? Forgive me. I kind of, I forgot what I had down there. Uh, but either way, this guy is going to come into the NFL and you can start him on day one. Uh, unless he goes to a team where they're just so proficiently great at edge. And I can't think of too many teams that have edge rushers on edge rushers on edge rushers. So I expect uh, Arnold Ebiquete to make an impact day one in the league and probably for years to come. Yeah, I like no. it. Nine and nine and a half sacks last year, AJ. I'm not sure if it's Ebiketti, but I believe it's Arnold Ebiketti. Um, 
But uh, again, this is a guy who was a transfer, right? He was to transfer from Temple, came to Penn State in a, in a bigger time conference we're talking about and produced at a high level. I, I love his motor. I love what he brings to the table. Um, he only had six sacks at, at Temple. And then he comes to the Big Ten and he shows out. So sometimes he has some issues with strength. He's not very – he doesn't have a quick first step, but he finds ways to get to the football. Um, his flexibility is really good. He has a nice wingspan there and is really good with his hands usage. Um, I, I think this is a guy that can come in and make an impact right away. He's Again, we talk about guys being raw. Most of these pass rushers are raw coming out. They haven't kind of – establish this great technique unless you're talking about the guys at the top of the draft but this is a guy that can grow and learn but i don't think he needs to wait i think you put him on the field he has four years of experience and you say go get me a sack and i think he can do that i think he's he can make some plays um he'll be he'll be a contributor to a team this year whereas cameron you know where cameron thomas we're talking about might be might come in there and spell some guys i think i think arnold can uh go in there right away and be a contributor to a team he's not going to have 10 sacks but um you know you might end up the season have three or four sacks and and have, make an impact in some games and um you're not asking for much more than that from a rookie pass rusher who's probably going to be drafted in the you know second or third round okay so so are you saying that you also have Arnold. That, yeah, that's my number, number nine. nine. That's my number nine. Wow, as well. So you, you guys are all on the same page right now. That makes life e- that makes life really easy. This is not going to be a very big debate <laughs> show today. Uh, maybe at some <laughs> points, but I, I like I like this guy. I don't. I, this may be a lazy comparison on my part, but Odafi Away was from Penn State. And Micah Parsons, obviously from Penn State. These, the, I feel like Penn yeah, State just absolutely. Huh? <laughs> it is. Yeah, that's it is, I feel like they're turning out good prime time pass rushers in the NFL ready pass rushers. I'm not sure. And I, this is, this is where the lazy bar comes in is who is producing them. Like who's the, who's the defensive end coach for Penn state that continues to push these guys out. And what's his track record look like that? Cause that now is three guys. Cause Arnold could go round one. I've seen mocks where he's gone round one. So this is now three or two straight drafts where he's got three pass rushers in the first round. Um, so this it's, it's special to see what they've got going on uh, at Penn state. Aaron, I'll go with you next for number eight. Then since AJ has really just taken over, he, 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 whatever his list is, it seems like you're just going off of it. You're just trying to ride the coattails of what AJ is going with. No, that's what it seems like because he over here looking at my notes. Um, Cheaters. No, I, I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he's doing that. No. Um. I'll go. I'll go to break. To me, uh, this is this is a question mark because I do think there's room for growth here, but I think there's a lot of. I think there's going to be need some improvement. So I jumped him ahead of two guys that I might think is better than him right now. Uh, but my number eight is Nick Benito. An Oklahoma Sooner, and we you know we talk about Oklahoma. We never really talk about their defense, but this guy, this guy has really, really good acceleration. He covers ground with with the second and third steps. He's really, really good in space, and I think that's what I, I was most excited about. He knows how to get skinny. He knows how to get around blocks. Um, I, I think he's raw, though. I think there's some room for improvement here, and I think that's where I kind of struggled with him because he's really light. He's going to get pushed around by some offensive linemen. Uh, but again, seven sacks, a fumble, two fumble recoveries and a forced fumble. You're looking at production at a big time school and it was just hard to pass up. This is the one I struggled with the most, but I put him at eight because I think the raw potential is there. And I think his upside is higher than those other two guys, which is why I put him at eight right now. He might not be eight, but I put him at eight because I think his upside um, can be that good. So uh, Nick Benito, my number eight edge rusher. 
okay. or pass rusher, okay. or defensive lineman, or linebacker that rushes the passer, that, whatever you want to call it. AJ, will we see some change here? Are we are we seeing you guys' first disagreement? It's a slight disagreement because he he's spot on. Uh, except I have him a little bit higher. I like Nick Benito just a little bit more. I think he's got great balance. I think he's got a quick mind, uh, like meaning his mental game. I think he's one spot higher in my okay. opinion, but you look like you want to stop me and get my eight before I go into what I like about Benito. I, I would like you to get, I would like to hear your eight because now we're going to, now we're going to play the, the two, the two for game, because we're going to see if, if Benito needs to go higher or stay here at number eight, uh, because you, from what I, what I can tell, what I have heard is that your number eight is not even on Aaron's list. So yeah. let's get into it. Who's your number eight. Uh, so my number eight comes from the Minnesota Gophers, and that is Mr. Boye Mafe. Uh, this is a guy that a lot of people are probably just starting to hear about. Uh, he's climbing. He's ascending really fast. It's because he's really fast off the line. One of the better get-offs in this, in this uh, draft class. Uh, not the best, and I don't think he is technically a day-one starter either. But much like Cameron Thomas, I think he will have a role on whatever team he gets to. Um, 6'4", 261, a young guy who's developing. Boya Mafe is going to be, I would say, I would say a top 10, top 7, top 6 finisher. <laughs> <I'll be laughs> <ahead with you. laughs> From the rookie class. Uh, I, not I, I hate this pick. And I've, I like... I am not excited about him at all. I think he he lacks he lacks size. He's not good in the run game. He's he struggles when he's engaging in blocks. Um, I just I don't think he uses his hands very well. I think the NFL tackles, the NFL offensive linemen are going to throw this guy around. And I'm not saying that he's not top ten. I'm not. I'm saying I don't draft this guy. Like I think again, we're not talking bust when you get to the second, third, fourth round, which I think somewhere around there. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not convinced that this guy has an NFL future um, as a pass rusher. I just don't think he's good enough. I think these bigger offensive linemen, unless he changes something or he changes his technique, are just going to be able to manhandle him. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't even clip B-roll for him. I didn't like him. Uh, and so he <laughs> wow. was last on my list to clip. And so I didn't know if AJ was going to put him in there. And then he ends up putting him at number eight. But um, yeah. yeah, I am not. I am not a huge fan of, of Boye Mafe at all. And um it might be the run game stuff. I, I, he just so weak against the run game. And to me, if you're just a pure pass rusher and you're not very strong and all you have is a speed rush, I think you're going to struggle. I think you have to develop something else. You have to have something else in your repertoire. And I don't think he has enough. But you see, he's gotten better every single year. You go back to 2019, he's only he was playing 53 snaps against the run. And then in 2020, he played 130. Then they had him up to 181. He developed and they started to trust him more and more on that line to take to take heat against these run this run game. He ended with the 70.3 grade. I understand that's not amazing, but what it does is two things for you. It shows me that he can develop into being a better guy that they can trust in the run game or whatever team he does. And the other part of that is if he is that push, pass rush guy, it just makes him that much more fierce because every time he's coming in on a notable pass down, he's fresh, he's quick, and you have to put against him and the other people that have been on the on the field wreaking havoc. So what, while he may not be an every down guy right now, to bring him in in certain positions at certain times of the game can be a very effective strategy for your pass rush. He got beat up by Big Ten offensive linemen. I'm good. Okay. 
All right. All right. I, I mean, I, again, it's just a disagreement. I just didn't like what I seen on tape. I, I, I felt like he, he just got beat too much, and he did his hands kill me. Like the way he tries to maneuver around off his lineman. And again, at the college level, when you're trying to translate that to the NFL, it's easier for these guys because you might get two offensive linemen that you're playing against, go to the NFL. It might be one, might not be any. So you get a little, you get a little bit of a break. When you come to the NFL, every single offensive lineman in the NFL knows what they're doing. They know their their technique is is sound, even the ones that we criticize and say aren't very good. I think this guy just falls by the wayside. I I think he's going to get beat up too much. Wow. And by these bigger offensive linemen. And I, again, it, it, that's just what I see. And, and we know how this draft stuff goes. Um, could he come out of nowhere and do it? I'm not saying he can't uh, because it's happened before. I just don't believe that's in his repertoire. I think he's very limited in what he's going to bring to the table. Wow. I'll take a deeper look at him. I've only seen a little bit of film. I haven't watched, uh, you know, multiple, multiple clips like I have on some of these other guys. But, uh, you know, I heard his name floating around by a couple different uh, analysts out there and decided to look at him. And I, I liked what I saw from the one clip. So maybe I got his best highlight reel, you know. When I talk about preference, like me, I'm big on I'm big on hands. I'm big on length at that position. And, you know, there's been guys that have been successful yeah. without it but usually the most successful guys have certain tribute or attributes or can make up for it with something special. And I don't see that something special in him and, and the attributes are lacking. So it just shows me that I'm a little bit more reluctant to jump on a guy like that than I am somebody else. Maybe that has more upside. Okay. Okay. Before I before I get my ruling for eight, I'd like to hear who your number seven is because if your number seven is better that if you can give me a good argument for your number seven, then that would completely eliminate Mafe from being on this list. Um, my number seven, I, I don't know if, I don't believe this is on AJ's list. I think um, we talked about that not being on AJ list uh, right here, California, USC it's Drake Jackson. This guy is a freak, and I don't know if you watch him, but he can do everything. He's long, he's athletic, he's fast. This is a guy that he his first step in acceleration it's it's in a hurry, it's fast. Um, he's good flexibility, he can drop his hips. He's really long, so he can get good hand placement. He has lateral agility. This is a guy I'm really really excited about. He's not being talked about very much, which excites me even more. But I think the upside and potential for him is 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 nice. Um, Sometimes, like I mentioned with Boya Mafe, he can be a little bit of a liability in the run game if he doesn't get off the ball like he wants to. He doesn't give that first good punch, then he kinds of get lost in the run game. But I like that athleticism. I like his length. I like what he's able to do in space. Um, to me, that excites me. When you talk about the speed of the NFL and you get this guy out there in this long, tall body, and I'm not saying he's this, but he has the body of a Julius Peppers. And to me, that's exciting because watching Julius Peppers play football with that, that, that athleticism, that's what I see in Drake Jackson. And um, I, I think his upside is, is truly through the roof. So, so you talk a guy, talk about a guy in Boye Mafe who's really small. And this guy's smaller than him, weighs about eight pounds less. Um, you were right Ooh. on point with the run game. Was not a fan of how he looked in the run game. Uh, and, and also, like, he – I don't want to say it this way, but I don't have better words. I feel like he gives up too quick. I feel like if he doesn't win immediately, he thinks he's beaten and doesn't really go back 
or push towards the quarterback or get back into the backfield or even try to recover as much as you need to if the ball if the ball carrier is already getting to the second level. So I, I question his motor a little bit, and I get it. If you get that opportunity in the NFL, he may be that guy who can realize some of his flaws and work on them day in and day out as you should be. Uh, but for this guy, like your boy Amafa, he didn't inc- excite me, and I thought about putting him at eight where Boye Mafe was, and uh, I, I decided to go with Boye. Well, I thought about putting him at 10, not eight, um, but I decided to go elsewhere because I just I like some of these other guys better than what I saw from Drake, uh, Drake Jackson and what I've read or heard that other people are saying about him. Yeah, you mentioned his size. Uh, in 2019, he was 275 pounds. He actually lost weight to play the stand-up outside linebacker role. So in the NFL, I don't anticipate him being some defensive end on the line. This, he's going to go to a team that wants to line him up outside linebacker, get him off the edge, and he's going to be that stand-up guy on the outside. It's not the guy that's going to put his hand in the dirt because, because of how athletic he's become. Like, he was an athlete at 275, and now he lose, you lose those, those pounds, and now you're even more of a freak athletically. Um, again, I have the same concerns you mentioned with the run game, and maybe there is a question about his motor, and that's a very val- valid concern because we're talking about the nfl and if you don't have a motor in the nfl that that might be an issue i don't know if that's true i don't know if there's a motor issue or if it's you know he sees a play and he wants to again kind of drop back and be that playmaker um maybe that's a natural instinct and maybe somebody has to coach that up i just like the freak body athlete being able to lose 25 pounds and now be really versatile in space that versatility excites me being able to stand them up line them out in coverage go out and get running backs in the nfl i think that's important and um that's why i even put him ahead of the other two guys even a nick benito who i like but i just thought the versatility of a drake jackson there was some upside there that i i I really really would like to see somebody tap into aj you have you have benito at seven right I had I had Benito at seven. Um, so, I th- I thought he was that freak athlete guy. Uh, well, I, I am I like not. I like Benito. I, I, from what I have seen, I like Benito, and I this is going. But you guys both made great points, and this is how it's going to shake out for seven and eight. I put Drake Jackson at eight, and I I personally like Nick Benito, so maybe that's playing into this decision here. Uh, but I will have Benito at seven, Drake Jackson at eight, Arnold at nine, and Cameron Thomas at 10 AJ who do you have at six number six this one is interesting I guess is the best way to say it because I believe he could be better um so it's David Ajabo oh all right and I didn't want I didn't want to go back in because I wanted everyone to understand I think it, he could be higher but obviously we know he just tore his Achilles so I can't say top 10 just because of what I think he's going to be but I do believe he's going to be a much better player uh once he recovers from that injury 37 pressures over the final 10 games. And he's just a crazy athlete. I mean, he actually has only played football for less than five years and has just kept getting better and kept getting better. Uh, He's played soccer. He's played basketball. He's just a natural athlete. And he's about that physicality. Everything he's ever done, even when he played basketball, he played in the paint so he could bump bodies. He loves the physicality. He loves the violence. Uh, I I have him at six, knowing he can possibly be higher on this list had he uh, been healthy. Uh, But because he's not, I thought it was only fair to put him on this uh, second tier part of the list. But I think David Ajabo is going to be really good. And uh, Aaron has the smirk of, uh, I don't care if he's injured. I got this man at top three. (laughs) Oh, oh my. AJ AJ knows me so well. Not quite top three. Uh, But I will tell you, I have have David Ajabo much higher. Uh, David Ajabo is my number four. 
And I don't Ooh. care that he tore his Achilles. We watched what Cam Akers did. Wow. And, you know, if this was this was 10 years ago, might be a completely yeah. different conversation. The Fair. NFL medicine is, is crazy. So wa- watching what Cam Akers did coming back in six months from a, from a torn Achilles, when he popped his Achilles, I'm like, man, that sucks. But you know what? I'm not worried. AJ mentioned it. This dude, from where he comes from and what he's had to overcome in his life, and then you talk about a guy now who's facing another set of adversity, uh, another set of adverse circumstances, I have no doubt he'll be back, and I have no doubt he'll be back better than he was before. And he's still so raw, but the freak of an athlete this guy is, give me some David Ajabu all all day long. I I talked about him before a couple weeks ago. Uh, He's my number four. So everything AJ said about him, he's great. That I agree with 100% with that. We just differ in where we have him. I don't, I just don't, I don't say I don't care. I'm not putting the stock in the injury at this point. I, who knows? That man might be back by the regular season. I don't know. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, but even if, if he's not like, I, I mean, I would be patient with him if I'm a team, obviously you don't want to rush him back, but I think whenever he steps foot on that football field, that's an impact player. And I think, I think he's going to be great. I haven't been number four. Who do you have at six? Um, my number six is <laughs> AJ trying to guess again. Look, uh, my number six <laughs> is George Karlaftis. Huh. George George Karlaftis, uh, again, I really like this guy. This is a guy that's going to come in and play in the NFL. I have no doubts. He's he's really, really good. He's got great first steps. He knows how to explode. He's got – he t- gains a ton of ground through his second and third steps. That means he gets to the ball fast. And then the pop in his hands, and I talked about hands a lot, I really, really like his hands. Um, this is a guy I think could come in, in the NFL right away and be a factor. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if the upside is where I'd like it to be but I think he has a long career ahead of him. So middle, we're talking about middle of the pack right here at number six and number five. I think guys are going to be impact NFL players, but I don't see elite superstar NFL player. If that, if that makes, you know, that says something because my four through one, I believe are all going to be elite pass rushers this year. So not necessarily this year, but elite pass rushers for their career. I think Karlaftis has a long career ahead of him, but I don't see elite. So let's let's jump ahead on things here. AJ, you have Karloftis at five. Yes. Why um, do you have him? Why? Okay, so why, Aaron, is he not at five? Why is he not in your top five? And AJ, why should he be top five? Whichever one, which Aaron, one are you, you can asking? go first. Well, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because the five that I have ahead of him are better. The, the, okay. The five that I have, the top five are going to be just absolute ballers and Carl Leftis is good, but he's not an absolute baller. Like I'm saying. And the, I think the one guy we're probably sliding in there that we have difference. However, we mix them up is Ojabo and, and Carl Leftis. So I think Ojabo is going to be an elite pass rusher in the NFL. And I don't see Carl Leftis being that the rest of the guys, I think we're on the same page. Maybe the order differs, but as far as being in the top five. Yeah. So for I mean, me, your order, and I know your order. go ahead, go ahead. For me, this is, I know this is a weird comparison, but to me, Karlaftis is like the Eric Weddle of edge rushers. Like, he's going to be a very, very, very good piece for whatever team he's on for a very long time. Uh, he's, he's got all the tools. He's an Iron Man. He's played 70, he played 70 snaps as a true freshman. This guy knows how to stay on the field. And the thing that, that I think the thing that scares some people is what I think makes him so good. He knows where he excels. He's a bull rusher. He's got power. He can run through people. 
but he tries to do other things on the field that people haven't seen successfully because he's trying to improve his game. His speed moves, his quick moves, they aren't as great as they would be, but it's because he's trying to develop them. Now, maybe he's not doing it at the right time. Maybe he should do that in practice and in the game, stay what's true to him. But if you don't do it in a real game time atmosphere, how do you know it's going to work? He's so versatile. He can line up and down the on the front line. He can literally play inside if you want, and he will be very successful there as well. So I just think he's got a lot to him, and I think he's going to be um, – I think he's going to be a, a, a homemaker for whatever team he's on. He's going to be, he's going to be Ryan Kerrigan. That's a good one. I like that too. But if you were to put a, a player comparison, who, who would, who would David Ajabo be? Oof. Oh, <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, look, look, I, I think about my comparisons when I talk about players, um, I don't know. I, I I didn't have time to process that. When AJ started talking about a, a pass rusher for a long time, I started thinking about guys that have been on teams that haven't been anywhere else. Ryan Kerrigan's that guy, and he's productive. But he's, we never really talk about him as being elite. Uh, Ojabo's one of the elite guys. I, I The skill set's a little different. He just has a super high motor. He's not a freak of nature like a Khalil Mack, but like he could produce like a Khalil Mack. That's, how I fe- that's what I feel like. So... Um, I don't know. It's tough. That player comp is a little bit tougher. I'd have to think about it. So, so would you say, would you say Ojabo is more boomer bust than Karloftis, Aaron? Like, it, it, like, Car- like, cause what AJ said was Karloftis is going to be good in this NFL for a very long time. It might not be a suit. Cause Eric, we compared him to Eric Weddle. Eric Weddle at times was a superstar, but there yeah. were times where he was just, he was just good. Do you see? We weren't worried about him. I just don't see. I'm not worried about Ojabo. I don't think there's any way he busts. Like I think that he's that good. Um, But maybe it might take him longer to make an impact. So maybe Ojabo for his first two years isn't what I'm saying he's going to be. And maybe Karlaftis comes in more ready to to make that adjustment and play. I could see that. But I don't, I don't see Ojabo just being a bust. Like, so it's it's hard to say he's more boomer bust. I guess you could say that if his first two years aren't going to be good or not going to be what we think they are. Uh, but I, I think the top five pass rushers this year are locks to be really, really borderline great football players for a long time. I, I really do. I believe this class is is just special. And, and just to clarify, uh, I, I feel how Aaron feels about Ojabo. I just think, we, I think maybe he was thinking top ten when they get in the NFL. I was thinking top ten, kind of leading up to the draft, which is why I have him below the top five or the yeah, I have him underneath that five also, level. Yeah. But in the NFL, I know he is going to be one of the best top uh, pass rushers to come out of yeah. this draft, one of the best edge defenders. So uh, yeah, I, I get th- why I, he feels that way. At this point, it's kind of it's almost like splitting hairs. It's just what sets them over the edge here. Uh, mm-hmm. The way I gave this ruling here, uh, and we see, I see Jeremy's comment in here, and that also is really kind of what I'm listening to the fans here too. It's a fan show here. Ojabo at six <laughs> said, it, said it's a fan show. It's not, but it's uh, Ojabo at six. Karloftis at five is what I'm going with. And really, the what what sold me on this was the the reason why I asked you that question was who's going to be boomer if he was going to be boomer bust and that's how i kind of feel like he can come back from this injury and if he does come back from this injury it's probably gonna be phenomenal but there is that chance that he doesn't come back from this injury looking okay 
And I and, and then with Karloftis, I know that that consistency might be there for him. So I'm leaning. I lean towards the Karloftis side uh, for number five. We are going to get into four through one solely on our YouTube channel. Oh, we're already done on Roku. We're already done. It's past nine, so it really doesn't matter if I end well, this properly. I haven't ended it, so you you can you can sign off. You know, Fantastic. Great. Uh, we are going to go through four through one on our YouTube channel and Facebook and Twitter. So head on over to at Sac City Pod on those three platforms to find out who is four through one. Until then, though, we'll see you on Monday. To when? <laughs> Mon- <laughs> what? On Monday. There you go. Okay, I was trying to get at 8 p.m. Eastern time live on Roku uh, on Tuesday at 8 p.m. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.